It's Monday night, which can only mean one thing. It's time for Bilge Monkey Radio. I just got back from a fantastic weekend at the St. Louis Pirate Festival, which was loads of fun. It was totally awesome, but unfortunately it also means I'm in for some festival downtime until Pirates in Paradise this winter. I shouldn't complain, though, because most years I'd be in for downtime much longer than that, but this weekend I get to go check out Key West. Weekend. <sighs> winter. One or the other. They're both coming up eventually. Uh, before I forget, and since I doubt I'll find time to work it in later, I had promised last week that I would let you know whether the new TV series Kane, which is about a dynasty of rum tycoons, wh- whether or not it was worth watching. And I hate to judge a show based on just a single episode, but I don't think that it is a must-see. More or less interesting, but it introduced so many freaking storylines in just that one hour that my head is already spinning. And since spinning heads don't go well with excessive rum consumption, you know where my loyalties lie. Enough said. I'm having a bit of an allergy attack tonight, so please bear with me if I sneeze or sound stopped up or whatnot. But fear not. We have loads of fun stuff in store, plenty of pirate music, and also we have a fine interview with Helen Hollick, author of the Oh So Piratey Sea Witch series of novels. The second book in the series, Pirate Code, has just been released. We'll learn more about that later during the first hour of the show. But first, I am thrilled to present a new song from the one and only Captain Marty Scapegoat. This is his latest masterpiece, titled, dun da da The Bilge Monkey. Monkey. 
music lover, as a village monkey. So sing a shanty, raise a glass, go find our music lover, as a village monkey.
Peter aside and say, brought you a jar of
Tune. That was Pirate Jenny with Salamagundi, genuine old-school pirate core. Up next is another benchmark pirate core artist of vastly different variety, Captain Dan and the Scurvy Crew. Captain Dan put himself on the pirate map with their first album, Authentic Pirate Hip Hop, and now their second album, Rhyme of the Hip Hop Mariner, is delivering a second broadside of equal awesomeness. But I just found out that Captain Dan is having some difficulty educating the pirate public about his works via Wikipedia, which is looking to shut down his entry. So if any of you swabs out there happen to be wiki-savvy, as well as being fans of Captain Dan and the Scurvy Crew, I would invite you to look him up, preferably tonight, because I think the deadline is just about here when they're going to shut down his entry. Look him up on Wikipedia and maybe even add some of your own thoughts and comments to help make his entry more wiki-friendly. I think one of their biggest complaints is that it's mainly just entered by him talking about himself. And meantime, you can chill out to this latest Captain Dan hit, All Me Mateys, Dead and Gone. Life, causing so much strife, making men out of money. 
twice Cause our courage goes on to be greater than any saber We learn it sooner or later by losing greater Captain Shady was a pirate rocker He plunder your ship and then he flip you the shocker With Irish pride deep inside Always riding the tides, keeping spirits alive And when he died we cried Alas, his future denied We wish he stood by our side So Captain Shady, if you hear me and my thoughts you reside One day this pain will subside and we can take it in stride On me mate, he's dead and gone On me mate, he's dead and gone Was a real good chum till he was caught drinking the captain's rum. It was so dumb, the outcome in a shark's belly he did succumb. Then Cap D plundered his mum, George Winston, a fine bow swain. But too many years it seemed mangled his brain. He'd gone insane. One night in Key Biscayne, he used a cannon to treat a migraine. In the morning, all that was left was a blood stain. His pirate's hat and some pieces of brain. His note read. I can't complain, but if this doesn't work, I'm trying again. So many mateys passed away, souls cast away to death's passageway. This is my ode to life withdrawn. All me mateys dead and gone. 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 Mellow or beat your brow into jello Found off the coast when his rum had run shallow He made one last toast and then he hanged from the gallows By Jack Ketch What's a mess He hanged so many mateys that were under arrest But he always knew the way To kill them the best He tied a mean noose and asked their final request And when their time had come Gave a swig of sarong When their jig was done He left their bodies out to rot in the sun All me mateys dead and gone All me mateys dead and gone All the street or sea Darkest dungeon 
not a star to be seen above. I will be guided without a stumble into the arms of my own true love. I stepped up to her bedroom window, kneeling gently on a stone. I rapped at her bedroom window, darling dear, do you lie alone? Seldom sober, I'm a rogue of high degree. It's when I'm drinking, I'm always thinking how to gain my love's company. She raised her head on her snow white pillow with her arms about her breast. What is that at my bedroom window disturbing me of my long night's rest? It's only me, your own true lover. Open the door and let me in, for I have come on a long journey, and I'm near drenched to the skin. I am a rover, seldom sober. I am a rogue of high degree, and when I drink, and I'm always thinking how to gain my love's company. She opened the door with the greatest pleasure. She opened the door and let me in. We both shook hands and embraced each other until the morning we lay as one. Ah, my love, I must go and leave you to climb the hills there far above. But I will climb with the greatest pleasure, been in the arms of the one I love. I am a Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum. Drinking the devil it done for the rest. Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum. The maid was fixed with the bosun's pike. The bosun brain with a marlin spike. The cookies the rope was marked alike. It had been gripped by fingers tin. Well they lay all good dead men like a brig of day in a boozing kin. Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum. Fifteen men of the whole ship's list. Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum. Dead Demi damned in the rest gone whist Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum Skipper lay with his knob in gore With a scullion's axe his cheek had shore And the scullion he was stabbed times four And there they lay in the scoggy skies Dripped down in upstairing eyes And mercs had said at foul sunrise Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum Fifteen men of them stiff and stark Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum Tin of the crew at the murder mark Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum Cut the swipe or an ounce of lead A yawn hole in a battered head And the scuppers glut with a rotting red And there they lay, I damn my eyes Looking up at paradise All souls bound as contrawise Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum Fifteen men of them good and true Yo ho ho in a bottle of rum Every man Jack could say with old pew Yo ho ho in a bottle there was chest on chest of Spanish gold, a kind of blade in the middle hole, and the cabin's a riot of stuff untold. 
And there they lay that took the plum With sightless glare and the lips were dumb As we shared all by the rule of thumb The oh-ho-ho and a bun Sternlight stream, yo ho ho in a bunder of Charting's undone where a woman had been, yo ho ho in a bunder of Was a swimsy shift on a bunker cut, a dirk slit sheer through the bosom spot, and the lace stiffed her eye in a purplish blot. Oh, was she winter some shuddering maid? Stare the knife and took the blade, for God she had stuff for a pucky jade, yo ho ho in a bunder of Fifteen men on a dead man's chest, yo ho ho in a bunder of Drinking the devil had done for the rest Yo ho ho in a bother We wrapped them up in the mainsail tight With twice ten turns of a hawser's bite And we heaved them over and out of sight With a yo heave ho and a fare you well Sudden plunge in the sullen swell Ten fathoms deep on the road to hell Yo ho ho in a bother Yo ho ho in a bother Terrific musical voyage tonight. Why, Bartholomew Maldemere, lead singer of the Skeleton Crew Pirate Band. Sounds like a plug. And captain of me heart. Uh, You're right on course as usual. Why, if I didn't have Bilge Monkey Radio to look forward to each week, I don't know what I would do. You know, putting on a show like his must take chests full of gold. Really? Aye. I heard tell Bilge Monkey had to sell one of his kidneys just to get his show on the air. Yikes. I sure wish there was some way we could help him with this dreadful financial burden. Me too. Mm. Me too. <sighs> too bad there's not. Aye. Wait. Mm-hmm. What if we bought one of his excellent t-shirts from bilgemonkey.com? Where you say? Bilgemonkey.com. Now there's a pretty notion. We could buy shirts for the whole band. And while we're at it, Let's make a donation, because those t-shirts are just too darned affordable to settle my tormented conscience. Years I poured inside. Hey, 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 h
rum in the morning. I drink a rum at night. I drink a rum in the afternoon. It makes me feel alright. I drink a rum in times of peace. And two in times of war. I drink a rum before I drink a rum. Then I drink some more. Father always told me, girl, man was made to roam. Man was made to roam. Father always told me, girl, ladies stay at home. Ladies stay at home. Then one day I met a man who looked at me and said, How'd you like to see the world? Then he hit me on the head. What about that? I drink a rum in the morning. I drink a rum at night. I drink a rum in the afternoon. Why? It makes me feel alright. That's why. I drink a rum in times of peace. And two in times of war. I drink a rum before I drink a rum. And then what? Then I drink some more. I drink a rum when I get up and at night I drink a rum that I drink a rum. I drink a rum when I lay in my bunk and the captain gives me some. Thanks for the rum. I drink a rum from the night before when my head is in the fog. 'Cause captain says the thing I need is the hair of the dog. Now I drink a rum in the morning. I drink a rum at night. I drink a rum in the afternoon 'cause it makes me feel alright. I drink a rum in times of peace and two in times of war. I drink a rum before I drink a rum, and then I drink some more. So I've traveled far and wide and seen the world alright. Wouldn't you? Just hit me with a pint of rum, and I'll come back for more. I'm not too drunk as long as I can hang on to the floor. Now I drink a rum in the morning. I drink a rum at night. I think I'll have another. I drink a rum in the afternoon. Why? It makes me feel alright. Oh yeah. I drink a rum in times of peace. That was the Pirates Royale with Drink a Rum. Good advice indeed. Last week, I had the chance to chat with Helen Hollick, author of The Sea Witch and The Pirate Code, which is coming out any day now. It's already out in the UK. It's 
another week, if even that, it'll be out in the U.S. The interview sounds a little bit off because I'm still learning some of my sound equipment. I sound particularly loud and stuffed up because the earbud was in my head that was recording, so it probably... I'm just lucky I didn't try to record my thoughts as well, although I don't have many, so I'm probably safe. Anyways, interview was loads of fun, plenty uh, informative. I hope you enjoy it. Here it be. I am discussing The Sea Witch and the next book, Pirate's Code, with the author, Helen Hollick. Coming out of, you're out of England, right? Yes, I'm in London. Your second book in your series, and you had mentioned to me previously that you actually have quite a larger series in the works here, a minimum of six books, I think you said? Yeah, well, Pirate Code is my seventh adult novel. Mm-hmm, but um, you're looking at about oh, six books in this particular series, series, right? Yeah, um, I've got ideas for, for the, it's, for, it's actually called the Sea Witch series. Okay. Um, I've got ideas for at least six, and I'm hoping to do ten. So they do all stay within this core group of characters then? Yes, I mean, all of them, it, it revolves around uh, Captain Josemiah Acorn. Uh, he's my hero, obviously, my pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's uh, his woman, his girlfriend, who will end up as his wife, who is uh, a white witch, and her name is Teela Oldstaff, which is an anagram of all that is good. I don't know if I caught that. Was that mentioned in the book, or is that just oh, a little... It is, it is mentioned in the book, yes. It is. I did not remember that. All that is yes. good. Before we get into your into the Pirate Code, which is the second book, which is coming out right about now-ish, isn't yeah. it? Yep, yes. Now-ish, as in, I think it's coming out different times between it's, London it's, and America. It's more or less already out in the UK here. Um, okay. But we're, we're due to go for America sort of first week of October. So you're looking at um, through around the 1st to the 4th. Uh, I think it's already, you can already pre-order it on Amazon um, already. Okay. But, uh, well, before we get into the Pirate Code, let's talk a little bit about the Sea Witch, which I think came out, what, about a year ago? Yes, that's right. And that, like we talked about, you know, we have Josemite Acorn, who's the pirate. Yes. A relatively decent pirate as far as they go, but not overly candy-coated, I noticed. Yes, he's, um, I mean, he's a bit of a charming rogue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I have to admit, I absolutely adore him. But he's, uh, well, of course, I invented him. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's quite... Uh, capable of being the nasty side as well if he needs to. And then we have Tiolo, who you mentioned is the white witch. Now, one thing I noticed about this is a book where she is a witch. She does actually actually have power, but it's much more of a subtle power. I mean, she's not yeah. out there commanding the waves at her whim and conjuring ghosts. It, it's it's subtle stuff she does. Like a lot of it's yeah. very much medicinal type magic. Yes, yeah. she's she's actually she's a healer and a midwife. I didn't want to be too implausible. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just doing, you know, Harry Potter-type spells. Yes, she is capable of conjuring up a wind, but I, I wanted to be subtle. A little bit more along the lines of um, the Force, as in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, which, okay, yeah, we, we know that that's not true, but it is believable. And this is how what I wanted for Teela. You know, I didn't want to just whipping out her wand and being able to get Jezemiah out of the next situation. Right. Uh, you know, she, her, her power does have limits. Okay, there, there's a third character who also has power, we could assume, although we really yeah. haven't seen it, to any real degree, because we really see very little of her. Yes. And that would be Tethys, who Tethys. seems right. to be some sort of underwater goddess or denizen who really doesn't play directly into the story too much, although she clearly has her eye out for Josemiah. She's sort of an underlying character. Um, 
Tethys is actually the, the Greek goddess of the sea. Um, I, the Greeks, you know, I mean, they invented all their gods really to explain things away. So, really, Tethys is actually the sea itself. She is the spirit of the sea. And, and why is she so hot for Jezemiah? Well, I suppose you wouldn't be, but I'll tell you what, all us ladies are. <laughs> it's the blue ribbons, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, one of the reasons why she wants him for herself is revealed in the second book, Pirate Code. Okay, so we um, are going to see some more development of that character? Yes, a little bit. I mean, she is still only a background character, but if you, if you sort of think you know, the pirates or any, any sailors come to that, you know, are um, all a part of the sea. And I just wanted to bring in this little bit about the sea itself is a character. So the mm -hmm. moods of the sea and the um, the way the sea reacts. And because the sea can be quite benign or it can be extremely dangerous, depending on what mood it's in. And I, you know, I just thought, love this idea of this goddess, the spirit of the sea, being a part of this whole story and wanting Jezemiah for herself. And um, You'd think she could be patient because unless you're going to grant him immortality at the end, and the sea's pretty old, you'd think, you know, she could just wait a little while. Yes. And sooner yes. or later, he's probably going to end up down there anyway. Oh, yes, yes. But, you know, it, it just makes a good story, really. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and I have little bits where I sort of try to recreate her voice. Uh, I mean, at the end, she doesn't say his name is Jez Amaya. She says, Jesh Amaya. If you think about it, that's the sound of the sea. Mm. Jesh Amaya. So Jesh this is who we hear when we hold a conch shell up to our ear. That's right. Oh. Yes. <laughs> So I'm trying to remember um, the full story from the first book. We don't want to get too much into it because we don't want to give it away for listeners who have not read it. Now, I believe you had recommended that anyone who hasn't should really start with Sea Witch because the second book takes off from there and builds a lot on it. That's right. I think um, the second book probably would stand on its own, but you would be better off to read Sea Witch. Apart from which, it's a good book anyway. So. Well, yes. <laughs> what do you mean you haven't read it? You should have done. <laughs> Come on, you people. Get out there and buy that book. <laughs> First book, we have Jezemiah and Teola. They meet, actually when Teola's pretty young, It wasn't she still... She's about 15. About 15, and he's yeah. a good deal older. He's 20, come out towards 24. Okay. Yeah. And then they meet again much later in life. Yes. More or less get together, but not entirely, certainly with some other tangents for both of them. Yes. Throughout their younger adult lives. Have some issues with half-brothers and excitement there and... You gotta have the baddie, um, absolutely. And of course, Jeremiah's half brother is the baddie, and he really is a, a, the real evil guy because of him that Jeremiah became a pirate in the first place. Well, you gotta have someone to blame for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, yeah. I mean, towards the end of the, the, the book, you've obviously got the reckoning between the two brothers, but I'm not going to give away how or why. And yes, part of the story is that yes, uh, Jeremiah meets Teela, who's a bit attracted to her, but they they are separated again, and then. I suppose the reader knows that they're going to come back together, but the whole the whole point really is for the reader to sort of, how does it happen? How do they get back together again? It's, I suppose, the old love story sort of thing, but why knock something that works? <laughs> now, it really surprised me in the first book was, um, even as subtle as it is, there was a point when Teola loses her power. Yes. And rather, in, a, in what seems to be a rather final way, like it's just, you know, it's not coming back. Yeah which was an interesting thing, especially for something so subtle as the kind of magic she had. How much research did you do as far as actual Wiccan-type mythology and the way that that sort of magic was supposed to work? Because it, it had that, that very much of a... It had a very folk magic feel to it. Yeah. 
I actually hadn't done any research on that at all. So just went with what I, seemed right? Yeah, I didn't want to be influenced. I wanted to go with gut feeling, Okay. if you like. And also along the lines of, yes, yeah, she loses her power for, for one reason, because she is so absolutely devastated and depressed, I suppose you could say. Most of us have gone through that, that sort of real deep agony of heartbreak. And let's face it, everything stops when that happens to you. You just lose everything. Uh, and I, I, that's, that's the way I sort of went down it. I sort of thought, you've got this girl here who's, the, the guy she loved has chosen his ship instead of her and sailed off without her. How would she feel? Even if she is a white witch, you would still be so devastated. And she, I suppose what we would actually say is she has a mental breakdown. And I, I didn't want to go too far down the magic side, as I say. I wanted it to be more realistic. And I, I want my readers to be able to... Um, identify with these characters uh, and I have heard that from you know from fans of the series they, they do say that oh yes Tila I, I just imagine myself as her it's interesting because as much as I think you successfully made the magic very subtle mm. and feeling just this side of reality at the same time, magic is such a part of who she is yes. and what she does in life that yes. when that magic is gone you just can't even imagine what the poor girl's going to do with herself yes yeah. It's just, you know, because like you said, healer, midwife, no, she's not out there casting spells for profit and all, yeah. or waving a wand around, but still, you know, in, in the small ways, yeah. it's yeah. like she just has cheat codes in life and can just kind of you know, yeah. do the magic yeah. and the healing that much yeah. easier. And then it's gone, and it's like, what is this girl going to possibly do with herself? Yeah, and she, just, she has, she literally has had a breakdown. Nothing happens, nothing happens now in her life. Uh, she's just a, a, an empty shell. Um, until something happens that reawakens her and obviously I'm not going to say what the something is because that will spoil it for the readers Um, but suddenly she gets her power back and she realises that Jezemiah is in great, great danger and she has to do something to help him Hmm. Um, because that's where you 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 really start hearing, hitting some more of the powerful parts in, in the book and where she does get her power back and she really has to use it to find Jeremiah. Now you said that you did no research on forming the magical side of your story but what kind of research did you did did you do on making the historical side because not only is it taking place in a more or less historical Caribbean and the other places that they venture I mean all the way out to mm-hmm. Madagascar, Cape Town, Virginia but also, you have some very real figures from history, yes. prominent figures. Very much so. One of the reasons why I started, I actually wrote it, was I'd obviously seen Pirates of the Caribbean, fallen in love with Jack Sparrow, <laughs> loved the film. I actually write, normally I write serious historical fiction, and I found myself at a little bit of a loose end, and I thought, okay, how real was Pirates of the Caribbean? And I, and I got out a couple of books to, to start researching pirates, purely for my own amusement, really. And several things started striking me, you know, I thought, oh, yeah, well, that sounds good. Oh, I could use that. Like, you know, the story just suddenly unfolded as I started researching details. So I started jotting real things down to use as a skeleton uh, framework to write Sea Witch. For instance, I use the historical fact of where Spanish ships sank in a storm off the coast of Florida. And Henry Jennings, well-known pirate, raided the warehouse for all the gold that the, salvage was, the, the Spanish were salvaging. And I thought to myself, okay, right, well, my pirate can be the one who did that. I've also used William Dampier, a historical figure. He, he actually sailed, I think, three times around the world. Woods Rogers, Governor Woods Rogers of Nassau, he's real. So the, the, although, as you 
say, I've used these little magical elements, and Jezemiah obviously is, is made up, but I've based it on real facts. Although I do have to admit that I've slightly manipulated some of the dates, because otherwise it would have made the book a bit too long. Um, but I do make a note of that in my author's notes. <laughs> it's a little bit of poetic license of just manipulating some dates. My um, sailing uh, references in here as well is, I would say, 99% accurate. I really studied and researched that and uh, spoke to several actual sailors who helped me out. So all those bits are, are accurate. <laughs> now, there was one piece of um, sailor lore that you mentioned that I hadn't heard before and I haven't stumbled across it since. I'm wondering if it's something that's just your own creation or if it's something you stumbled across in your own research. And that was Pirate's Aversion to the Color Green. Yes. Now, that, I don't, I have to be honest, it might have been a little bit later, but I do definitely know that during the time of the wars with, when Nelson was Admiral, they didn't like the, the color green, that nobody would have anything green aboard a ship. I don't know where it came from. I did try researching how early that uh, superstition arose, but I couldn't find any earlier reference, which is why I nicked it for just my effort. I mean, maybe perhaps, it, I don't know, maybe it's something that's not uh, in America, but over here in, in England, um, there are quite a few people who, who won't have anything green because they think it's, uh, it's unlucky. So it's not a specific um, seagoing thing then even? Not necessarily, but I, I do know that the sailors didn't like anything green abroad. I think you just have something against the Irish. Yes. I mean, things like, uh, you know, little things like touch wood. I mean, that, that is not ancient Celtic for, for luck. And I think I bought a ship, it's Scratch a Stay, isn't it, for, for luck. You, it's fascinating how all these things started up, isn't it? Really, really it is. <laughs> and of course, the nice thing about being a novelist is some of them I can make up anyway. So. <laughs> a bit more freedom than being a straight historian. Yes. Okay, so let's get on with, okay, is it Pirate's Code or pirate The Pirate Code? code? The Pirate Code. The Pirate Code? Pi the, just, just Pirate Code. Pirate Code, okay. Yep. Tell us a bit about it. Well, it's really a case of Jezemiah. All he wants to do is settle down with Teela for a quiet life, but trouble follows him like a ship's wake, <laughs> and he moves from one bit of trouble to another. <laughs> Poor Jezebiah, he certainly does get dropped in it a lot. <laughs> he probably really did well hooking up with a healer. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's actually just accepted the amnesty, which, again, is historical fact. Governor Wood Rogers offered amnesty to all the pirates in 1718. So Jezebiah's accepted his amnesty. But Wood Rogers himself wants Jezebiah to go off to find a spy who is missing. And Teela's husband, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I won't tell you how she's had a husband, it's not just my, somebody else wants Jezmiah to go and get in some indigo in exchange for Teela's divorce. And uh, so Jezmiah, all he wants to do is a quiet life aboard his ship, and it doesn't work out for him. Well, usually a quiet life aboard a ship are <laughs> contradictory terms, especially yeah. in those days anyway. I think, I think, to be honest, you know, the last thing you'd really want is a quiet life as such, you know, but... He, part of the, you know, he starts off in the book and he's sort of thinking, well, what can I do now? You know, I'm, I'm not a pirate anymore. I'm, I suppose I could start up a merchant fleet. I could go and do something else, you know. And he's a little bit of this loose end. And um, I think secretly he's actually quite happy to go off on this adventure. It's just that he doesn't like being told to do things. Now, you had talked about a minimum of six books, possibly yep. up to ten. Yes. Are they each going to be kind of like their own self-contained story that builds on the next, or is there is there a larger story in the works here that's going to start to come into view? 
What I really want to do, if I can pull it off, <laughs> is I want each book to stand alone. So each one will have its own separate plot um, with its own storyline, but it will also build upon the previous story. So it'll almost be like you're following Jeremiah's life. So yes, each one will relate to the other, but hopefully I can write it in, a way, in such a way that it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of um, Patrick O'Brien's uh, Jack Aubrey stories. Okay. I mean, they were all separate stories, but each one did build upon the characters' past and present, and I quite like that idea. So you actually find, you, you know, you'll be finding out more about the characters, particularly Desmond and Teela, as you go through the books, but each one will have its separate plot. Can you tell us just briefly what some of the other yes. books? Uh, yeah, I mean, the ones I know so far. Uh, I mean, the next one in the series is called Bring It Close which is another name for the telescope, of course. One of the central characters in that one is going to be Blackbeard, because I thought it would be quite fun to have Blackbeard. I'd quite like to write about him. fourth one in the series, does Maya have to go in search of a special casket? I'm not... I, know, I think I can re reveal that. The little, each one is going to have a supernatural element as well, because that's, I think, was nice for my fantasy side. The fourth one, I'm going to have a vampire aboard the ship. Well, that's a bit of a... A step away from the subtle magic and subtle supernatural, yes. vampires are a little yeah. bit more overt. A little bit more, but not in the sense of your thinking of vampires with fangs and cloaks and garlic and crucifixes and things like this. It's a little bit of a slightly, slightly more subtle character okay. than that. One of the reasons why I decided it, it's actually this particular vampire is um, a character in uh, another author's book, and I have to admit I liked the character. But what struck me there is... If you think about it, actually, pirates and vampires are quite similar because they're both predators. That's why but I which are snappier dressers? Oh, not this vampire. <laughs> 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 not this one. <laughs> no, um, so I, it, they're actually called the dark kind in this particular series of books. And it's a, you know, don't think of the Dracula type. Okay. Um, and it's most definitely not a case of, you know, one bite for the vampire and, and you're alive forever. Not at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going down those lines. You'll find out more when you read the book. <laughs> but okay. that's, that's my little bit of supernatural in that one. But it, it still will be subtle, trust me. <laughs> and, um, and at this point, having dealt with Blackbeard and, and vampires and so on, <laughs> is Josemiah still just trying to settle down for a quiet yes. life? <laughs> yes, you know, he still, he's, um, yeah, he, he really doesn't want all this. <laughs> book five, I'm, I'm actually going to take him across here to the U.K., It'll be set more in Devon. And I want to explore a little bit more of the past. The Devon coast has a lot of the past of, of smuggling. There was a lot of the uh, English Civil War took part along the coast there. You have the Vikings landed there. I'd like to bring a little bit of the past sort of just overlaps into the future. This fifth, fifth one is going to be called Ripples in the Sand. It's sort of going to tie in with Ripples in Time as well. So when you say past and future, I mean, you mentioned Vikings. Yeah. Is, is he the future, as in their time, or is it going to reach further into the future than where what would naturally come into play in the Sea Witch series? It, no, it'll be more that sort of Jeremiah's going to get sort of wrapped up in what happened in the past. Okay. A, a sort of ghost story, but again, don't think along the lines of ghosts as such. I like the idea of that time can sort of just get mixed up the different elements of time can just get mixed up. Hmm. Uh, think along uh, where I actually got this idea from. I, you know how when, when the tide goes out, you get these hard ripples in the mm -hmm. sand, yeah. the grooves? And I, I sort of drew a stick across these ripples, and because each ripple then flowed into the next one. And I had the idea of that could happen with time, so it all gets mixed up together.
together. I thought that could be quite exciting to do that one. And then book six will be called Gallows Wake. And Tina is sitting on the beach when they're careening, and she's singing a, an old folk song, which is about uh, a smuggler who gets hanged. And she suddenly realises she's not singing a folk song. She's actually singing what's going to happen to Jezemiah. Well, then you just gave it all away. Now, uh, now no. we know. Now we no, know. No, no, no. Be, they'll be a little bit more subtle than that. <laughs> <laughs> Subtlety is the operative word here, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully, to the, to the extent, you know, it'll be interesting and um, not, quite, not, not quite as obvious as that, but uh, that's book six, Gallows Wake. I think your last book, whether it's book six, seven, or 15, or whatever, should just be... Jezemiah finally gets his quiet life. And so the, he just opens up a pub, and it's just going to be a book full of drink orders, and then he's mopping the floor, and then, there's a, then it rains. Yes. I don't know. We'll have to see, won't we? Taylor's bored of tears because there's nothing to heal anymore because he's not really hurting himself. I mean, maybe a little bit of carpal tunnel. We did briefly earlier on. Yeah, the blue ribbons and yes. his, I believe he has the black hair, right? Yes, black curly hair and blue. One of the reasons why I used the ribbons is that the pirates did wear ribbons. I mean, a lot of people did, actually, at, at that particular time. And uh, I, I just thought, yeah, it'd be nice for him to have these ribbons, which it, he, he uses them to give to um, the ladies as a keepsake. And he'll often fiddle with his blue ribbons. But there is another reason for his ribbons, which I'm not going to tell you. You've got to read the book. Well, you included a ribbon with the copy of the book you sent me, and yes. I used it as a bookmark. Yes. Is that yes. what he uses his for? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I thought he might do. He can read. He does have several books of bullshit, so he might do it. Yeah, he's a pirate. He probably dog-ears his books, doesn't yes, he? Yes, probably. He and that, that, that's what you do when you're living large and reckless. You, you dog-ear your books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. Now, is there an official website for this series? Yes, there is. I mean, there's my own website, which is www.helenholick.net. That's Holick has got two L's. Or you have Jezemiah's own fan, fan site. Oh, oh, it's not, it's not for the series itself. It's for just Jezemiah himself. He's got Jezemiah, a fan site. Jezemiah has his own MySpace, <laughs> which is www.myspace.com forward slash CPT, Jezemiah Acorn. Do you want me to spell that out for you? Why don't you, yeah. Yep. Right, so www.myspace.com forward slash CPT, J-E-S-A-M-I-A-H-A-C-O-R-N-E. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. We have, of course, been talking with Helen Hollick, author of Sea Witch and now the newly published Pirate Code both available through Amazon.com or finer book dealers everywhere. If they don't have it, grab them and ask them why and make a big stink about it. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. It's been lovely talking to you. And, um, take care, everyone. Rowdy so I'm a rowdy so I don't care whether I work or not. I'm a rowdy so I'm a rowdy so I don't care whether I work or not. I saw the captain's coat hanging up on the wall hall. I'm a rowdy soul, I'm a rowdy soul, I don't care whether I work or not, I'm a rowdy soul.
rowdy soul, I'm a rowdy soul, I don't care whether I will go or not. When I build my ship, gonna build that mast up higher. When the battle rages on, I won't end up getting farther. I'm a rowdy soul, I'm a rowdy soul, I don't care whether I will go or not. I'm a rowdy soul, I'm a rowdy soul, I don't care whether I will go or Throw my ashes to 
tip the blacks.
That was the Valparaiso Men's Chorus with So Early in the Morning, a band that I particularly enjoy for the mere fact that they constantly sound completely wasted. Same cannot be said, however, for Bounding Maine, a fantastic a cappella group that's always completely sober, and one that is also trying desperately to leave the country. They have been invited to a tour in Germany and are trying to raise funds to do so. So if you really love Bounding Maine, then go to BoundingMaine.com and make a donation so they can spread the piratey goodness overseas. Conversely, if you really hate Bounding Maine, then go to BoundingMaine.com to help send them far, far away. This is Bounding Maine with... Dreadnought. Here's the tale of a packet, a packet of fame. She sails from New York and the Dreadnought's her name. Across the wild western ocean, she's bound for to go. She's the Liverpool packet, oh Lord, let her go. Derry down, 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 Derry down. Oh, the Dreadnought is lying in the river Marseille. Waiting the independence to tow her to sea Around the rock light where the salt tides do fly Found her way in the dreadnought to the westward will go Derry down, down, down Derry down Now the dreadnoughts are howling down the wild Irish sea Her passengers merry and the drink is so free The sailors like lions walk the decks to and burn Sailing the Atlantic so wide Where the high roaring seas Roll along her black sides The sails tautly set For the Red Cross to shine She's the Liverpool packet Oh Lord, let her go Derry down Down, down, Derry down Now the dreadnought is sailing By the banks of Newfoundland when the water is green and the bottom is sand, the fishes all sing as they swim to and fro. Not and all her brave crew To old Captain Samuels And his officers true You can talk of flash packets Swallowtail and black ball But the dread 
nice the ship that can outsail them all Derry down, 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 Derry down Derry down, 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 Derry down Again, that was Bounding Maine with Dreadnought. Visit BoundingMaine.com to learn how you can help kick them out of the country with their Deport Bounding Maine fund drive. This next singer, however, does not need to fear deportation. This is Tom Smith with Wiki Pirates going out as a special request to Captain Dan. You can learn more about Tom Smith and his work at TomSmithOnline.com. And you can learn more about Captain Dan at Wikipedia, so long as they don't delete him. So check it out, and if you're at all wiki-savvy, help edit that post-haste so that way they don't delete it. for gold and silver, and some for gems and jewels, but some want greater treasures, and they use their software tools. For some of us quest for knowledge, and we want it undefiled. But now and then, you get a troll who thinks he's Oscar Wilde. Beware the wiki pirates who sail the server seas. They flaunt their fake credentials and their advanced degrees. They control the information with bullying moderation. Cause arrogance and online slayer trump your expertise. No matter what your sources, no matter whom you cite, he doesn't want to hear it, cause he knows for sure he's right. There is no compromising, no bargain or accord. He's never heard of you, or doesn't like you, or he's bored. Beware the wiki pirates, they love to wield their clout. All day they'll argue details that no one cares about. They don't see as overreaching their demands for page deletion. Web pages are in short supply. And what if we run out? Yo-ho, yo-ho, no one ever thought. Yo-ho, yo-ho, in this web we'd be caught. The wiki's meant to document the stuff the mainstream missed. Instead, we've got a pompous sock who's building up his wrist. So if you've got a subject that really interests you, beware the wiki pirates, they've got nothing else to do. Someday we'll have a knowledge base with all you want and need. Till then we'll take cold comfort that they're likely not to breed. Beware the wiki pirates who whine at our attacks. They're only trying to help us, never mind the rules and facts. They're just honest, not unpleasant. It's not their fault that we're peasants. If we'd only see their brilliance, everybody could relax. Beware the wiki pirates, that basement when in band. They regulate and obfuscate what they don't understand. The grief they give you will reduce you to trivia and minutia. And praying that you really do get banned. Only public notoriety will get you in their library. Be grateful they're all lost at sea. They try to delete the land. Came out at dusk 
with us, watch the clairs grin. A taste of the ocean's original sin. Follow the sextants to uncharted land. Set out to conquer what you never could understand. You wondered what you would find. Safe in my dangerous mind. Treasure and pieces of eight. You saw the one, it's too late. In the last light of evening, I shimmer like gold. You'd find if these waters you troll. I'm no safe harbor, no port in the storm. My arms draw you in, hold you tight, but they can't keep you warm. I've got a nice water heart. I have torn steel ships apart. Pity the man who is brave. He'll find a water.
Rats. Now I've done a string of horrible things like murdering, pillaging, and theft. I've looted the drunks in the streets of Malacca, put Spanish explorers to death. The prejudice would be the ugliest thing for a waitress so lovely to feel. Is it because I'm a pirate? You seem to have cancelled our date. And is it because I'm a pirate? I demand support you to eight. Your prejudice turns you against me, but I am prepared to win. I like the iPad. Who said that? I took in your waist and your face. Breaking above me, pouring out and though it was good to the girl I was with I asked if you'd go for a date And then you said you'd be happy to meet I dreamed of your breasts in your face Is it because I'm a pirate You seem to have cancelled a date your prejudice turned you against me And now it's a quarter past eight A stereotype would be ugly For someone so lovely to propagate Of course I am wanted by customs officials Of course I am an international fugitive when not setting throats of the people in boats I am kind and surprisingly sensitive Set your mind free as I know you can One day you may see me as just another man Is it because I'm a pirate I seem to be stood up Here in New Orleans for Pirate Con 2007. This is Captain Slappy, barely sober but working on it. All right, it's too late for Yolando Burst now, but next year, next year, get on board for Pirate Con 2008. I'm pretty sure that's the next year. There we go.
Starbucks, there's a quote. Just threw a bottle or on a boat. And while he was no sailor, he found work upon a weller. But when he came to St. Pierre, it was clear that he didn't care. They took him to the gangway and they gave him lashes 20. The captain ordered 30, but his daughter begged for mercy. Then she took him to her cabin There she gave him wine and water And a bit more than she uttered So set the sail and walk the plank What is your name and what is your rank? If it don't work then you'll be hung So become a mutineer while you're young No fool, he told us men, if you break the rule, you'll all end up like Monahan. You'll taste the cat to every man. A life upon a ship is hard, and who exactly guards a guard when the captain goes insane? The men get treason in their veins. The next day, Monahan passed the word, and all those knew and heard, and when they called for anchors away, well, that was the order they disobeyed. This time the captain walked the plank, they let him off near Grand Bank. Back to Halifax you can swim, and as he drowned they sang to him. So set the sails and walk the plank, what is your name and what is your rank? They opened the cask and gave three cheers for Monaghan the Butineer. Drunken sailor. 
captain's daughter You ain't seen the captain's daughter You ain't seen the captain's daughter Lying in the morning Way up she rises Way up she rises Way up she rises Lying in the morning Way up she rises Way up she rises Better far to live and die Under the brave black flag I fly Than play a sanctimonious part With the pirate head and the pirate heart No way to the cheating world go you Where pirates all are well to do But I'll be true to the song I sing And live and die A pirate king For I am a pirate king Yes, a pirate king And it is, it is a glorious thing To be a pirate king Yes, I am a pirate king Yes, a pirate king And it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. Hurrah for the pirate king! When I sally forth to seek my prey, I help myself in a royal way. I sink a few more ships, it's true, than a well-bred monarch ought to do. But many a king on a first-class throne, if he wants to call his crown his own, must manage somehow to get through more dirty I do for I am a pirate king, and it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. Yes, I am a pirate king, and it is, it is a glorious thing to be a pirate king. For the pine, Riches and plunder, ships blown asunder and taking all their gold. We want rubies and diamonds from a life of crime and never ever getting old. We want 
Tons of great booty with no sense of duty and no one to obey. Want all of your possessions without any confessions and a clean getaway. Some call themselves brigands and some say buccaneer. Some say we are bandits and sometimes privateers. No matter what they call us in this one thing, we should be blonde. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We want cast full of good rum, making us feel numb when our work day is three. We want barrels of whiskey, we know that it's risky, but we're all overdue. We want grog and some fine wine whenever we're inclined, and the captain says all right. We want singing and drinking without too much thinking and looking for a fight. Some call themselves brigands and some say buccaneers. Some say we are bandits and sometimes privateers. No matter what they call us in this one thing, we should be blonde. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We want ladies of the night, they make us feel just right whenever we're on the show. We want girls with reputations and no complications, they're the ones that we adore. We want a gentle bed warmer who's quite a performer of which we can agree. We want a few nights of pleasure for some of our treasure and no tears when we sail. Some call themselves brigands and some say buccaneer. Some say we are bandits and sometimes privateers. No matter what they call us in this one thing, we should be blonde. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We want adventure and danger one-on-one with a stranger and the thrill of victory. We want a plunder and pillage, a ship or a village, and head back out to sea. We want powder and steel shot, respectables well fought, and the cannons roll. We want the thrill of a broadside, the swelling of our prize, we hoist our flag once more. Some call themselves brigands and some say buccaneers. Some say we are bandits and sometimes privateers. No matter what they call us in this one thing, we should be blonde. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We want untold fame and glory, an infamous story, and names that will live on. We want books about our deeds to be what they all read long after we're all gone. We want our names to be folk tales, ignoring the details to a tolerable degree. We want to give it a real try, and then you will see why it's the only life for me. Some call themselves brigands and some say buccaneer. Some say we are bandits and sometimes privateers. No matter what they call us in this one thing, we should be blonde. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. We are all just pirates and pirates will get what we want. I am E.R. Nelson, director of Pirates of the Great Salt Lake, and you are listening to Bill's Monkey Radio, which is awesome. And now, time for your pirate zodiac. If you burst forth from your womb on this date being October 1st, 2007, then you'll be a belaying pin in the year of the ship's gout, you lucky gut. I say lucky, meaning that you'll end your life with both your legs, although admittedly, they won't do you much good at the bottom of the sea. For you, life is much like the dread kraken, being many tentacled, ravenous, and hungry to feast on your flesh. I'd try to offer you some words of hope, but precious little comes to mind. 
But if it's any consolation, you've our sympathies. The future is bleak, but perhaps a cheerful ditty will brighten your day. And so we dedicate the following song to ya. This is Uncle Scary Finn with Burial at Sea.
Radio, the truest pirate radio station on the internet. Cut off his own son's hand if he could suffer 
Pirates Are Us, composers of many a fantastic pirate song, not to mention K-Y-A-R, being the Bilge Monkey Radio opening song. You can learn more of them at PiratesRUs.com. The composers of the Bilge Monkey Radio closing song is another fantastically non-conventional pirate band going by the name of Rust Monster. We'll be hearing the closing song soon enough, Don't Cry. But first, here's another fine piece from their first album, Last Voyage of the Black Betty. A cautionary tale about the sad, sad fate that is often that of the pirate. This is Devil's Children.
This was Buckling Wiley, I just love him Like a soldier, and he finished his drink. He gave me a wink, and he gave me a smile. He turned on his heel, and he walked out in style. Seeing I've Fall to head home on board. 
shipwrecked. Darkness be Captain Chaos! And you're listening to Bilge Monkey Pirate Radio. That swarthy lad! I love him like I love me, mother! <laughs> Take heed by me, you smugglers. I say take heed by me while you ply your angry trade. You villains of the sea, you'll drink strong rum and porter. And dine on roast bar pig. If the admirality catches you, you'll dance the hemp and jig. And you'll dance the hemp and jig, me boy, you'll dance the hemp and jig. The admirality catches you, you that's the hemp and jig. For once I was a simple lad and lived at home at ease. But now I am a pirate boat and plow the angry seas. I thought I'd like seafaring like my rum and ale swig. But now it's true I live in fear of dancing the hemp and jig. And you dance the hemp and jig, me boy, you dance the hemp and jig. They find out the trouble we cause, they'll throw us in the brig. And when the morning comes, our punishment will be big. If the admirality catches us, we'll dance the hemp and jig. Oh, Johnny was a tinker's son who came from County Kerry. A sailor's friend and fanned a rum, he kept us all quite merry. On leave one night, he got too drunk, they threw him in the brig. And when they learned he sailed with us, he danced the hemp and jig. And you'll dance the hemp and jig, me boy, you'll dance the hemp and jig. And when they learned he sailed with us, he danced the hemp and jig. My love, she was no foolish girl, her age was but a score. My love was not a spinster, she'd been married twice before. A thief herself, she dressed the part, a man's had coat and wig. But she got caught upon the red and danced the hemp and jig. And you'll dance the hemp and jig, me boy, you'll dance the hemp and jig. They find out the trouble we cause, they'll throw us in the brig. And when the morning comes, our punishment will be big. If the admirality catches us, we'll dance the hip and jig. Our vessel, it was homeward bound, our hold our loot in store. And many a golden bobble upon myself I wore. There were rings of gold and big fat gems and spices, thyme and fig. We got them all illegally and risked the hemp and jig. And you'll dance the hemp and jig, me boy, you'll dance the hemp and jig. They find out the trouble we cause, they'll throw us in the brig. And when the morning comes, our punishment will be big. If the admirality catches us, we'll dance the hemp and jig. And we'll dance the hemp and jig, me boy, we'll dance the hemp and jig. They find out the trouble we cause, they'll throw us in the brig. And when the morning comes, our punishment will be big. If the admirality catches us, we'll dance the hemp and jig. If the admirality catches us, we'll dance the hemp and jig. If a pirate says, Do you got any gold? Always tell him no. If a pirate says, Do you got buried treasure? Always tell him no. If a pirate says, Can I use your phone? Always tell him no. If a pirate says, Can I use your bike? Always tell him no. Yo ho, pirates, you better behave. You need a bath and you need a shave. Yo ho, pirates, you better behave. Get on your boat and sail away. Captain Hook, always tell him no. 
If a pirate says, Can I have a cup of tea? Always tell him no. If a pirate says, Can you clean me ship? Always tell him no. If a pirate says, Can I wear your sneakers? Always tell him no. Hey, hey, you ain't even You're still listening to A Bidge Monkey Radio. If you happen to tune in late tonight, well, first of all, you should feel much shame. But also, if you tuned in late, then you missed one particular gem that I'd hate to leave you without. And as such, here's an encore performance of Captain Marty Scapegoat's latest work of genius, titled with no coincidence, The Bilge Monkey. Something 
there is more that you can be. Come with me. There's a kingdom out at sea. A fortune awaits you. So join up with me. And the kings put an end to all those dried up days. Start a life that's bold and brave. Pirate ways on the waves. So believe me when I tell you. Yeah.
closing out the show, that was the always incredible Captain Bog and Salty. Sea Kings is available on their second album, Peg Leg Tango. They have three albums total, and you can learn more about them and indeed more about most all the artists played on Bilge Monkey Radio by visiting the featured artists page at bilgemonkeypirateradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you're inclined to stick around, we'll of course be having Bilge Monkey After Dark next. See you next week, and bring a friend. Yar. If you are a pirate, you must obey the rules. You follow my example, I'm the king of fools. Don't be throwing fish hooks, don't smoke your powder cakes. Don't stand in front of cannons, that's how I lost my legs. I lost a dying battle by my own hand, it's a shame. Dagger killed the first mate, and I'm the one got blamed. I guess I'm just unlucky and careless with a sword. So they gave me 50 lashes and threw me overboard. Now I'm out in the ocean, floating like an island. Take the core runner and his knees for a sail. Surely I'm a daughter, but I'm still smiling. I just walk a plank and live to tell the tale. Alas, I was rescued with changes on the way But soon came evil fortunes, death and misery Then came angry fingers, a pointing straight at me I begged for their mercy, until my throat was dry They clapped me hands and irons, it stood me to be tried You lit our ship on fire, it's your fault that it sank When we build a new one you're gonna walk the plank I'm out in the ocean Floating like an island Like my forerunner And his feelings for a sail Surely I'm a hunter But I'm still smiling I just walk the plank And I live to tell the tale Done a lot of damage Parties to the west Now I'm going under It's probably for the best My body may be broken Spirits running strong There ain't no one to hear me So I belt out this song Hey, out in the ocean Floating like an island Like my forerunner And his feelings for a sail Surely I'm a runner But I'm still a-smiling I just want to blank And live to tell the tale Getting weaker, I feel the end is near. And if I take to drowning, I won't shed a tear. Cause me life's been full of living, and I know it's been worthwhile. When it's time to meet me, maker, I'll be wearing me a 